Let me guess, you signed up for every free lead magnet and binged on every marketing YouTube video and thought, what am I missing? Why isn't my business exploding like that? Well, I can tell you, you're not alone. Whether you're just getting started or have an established business, entrepreneurship can be really lonely. But it doesn't have to be. Overcoming your fear of launching or building your personal brand or figuring out how to scale, it shouldn't be holding you back. It should be empowering you. On this podcast, we're going to deep dive into the mechanics of what it takes to build your brand, make your mark, and stake your claim in the digital marketing space. I'll be chatting with people from all walks of life and stages in their careers. I will be getting inspiration from real experts who will share their actual strategies and techniques to grow loyal and raving followings and sell more stuff. This is entrepreneurship from people who are already there making it happen. My name is Jeff Mendelson. Join me and welcome to the One Big Tip Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. My name is Jeff Mendelson, and this is the One Big Tip Podcast. And today I'm really pleased to have with me Julie B. on the line. Julie is the founder and president of Be Smart Social Media that provides social media marketing services to small businesses that have a social impact mission. So a very focused social media agency. And she's got a really great tip on how you can create more content than you actually thought that you could create. So this is going to be really cool. So Julie, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Jeff. Happy to be here. So tell me a little bit about this narrower niche that you're in, the social impact mission. I'm really curious about that. How does that fit into your business overall? Well, I've been in business 12 years and the entire time we've served small businesses. And if you are a marketing company or any business-to-business service that serves small businesses, you know that that is not a niche that's defined enough. So you have to kind of continue to niche down. And we are a company that can serve clients anywhere, really, all over the country, all over the world. Uh, We have served clients uh, internationally. And so we had to niche it down even further. And the social impact mission, it's something at BeSmart that we are uh, really passionate about. Uh, All of our employees have a social mission they work on. Uh, we actually put money towards the social mission of our employees every month. We make a donation in their name every month to a social charity or mission of their choice. And so it's just very aligned with our values. And that was really how that came about. It's also a lot more fun, I would say, to market a company that has a social mission. And it makes it easier to market them in some ways because you get their customers who are just they're bought into the brand overall. It's not just about the product and how cheaply somebody can buy the product. They have customers who are willing to spend, you know, twice as much on a product just because our client has a social mission, which makes it fun and a little bit easier to market them. You know, it's amazing. My daughter, uh, you know, who just turned 17 today. So she's all into these types of products, right? She'll only go with the ones that are cruelty free. She'll look for products that are organic. And it's, and it's kind of fun to watch because as you're walking like through Target, Right. And you're looking at, you know, this, the whole plethora, I'm just going to use shampoos because that's like the biggest, you know, there's an entire aisle of women's shampoos there. Right. And, you know, there's just this whole side that she's like, no, no, don't, don't look at that. Mm -hmm. You know, we we have to look at this stuff. And it's like, wow. I then look at the price and I'm like, wait a second, this stuff's, you know, this is a crazy bottle of shampoo. She's like, yeah, but this is the one that I want. And here's why. And it's not so much that her hair feels better, which I assume that it does, but it's something that is important for her, 
right? And it makes it, you know, in turn, that makes it important for me. And then, you know, it just becomes a, uh, it, it becomes a great relationship with the brand, right? Because you're able to, you're able to convey those values uh, across the entire buying process. I, th- I think that's really cool. It makes the consumer feel good about doing something positive for whatever they believe in, whether it's, I actually just bought a pair of sunglasses uh, recently because that company gave back to uh, oceanic organizations. And so, you know, even though it was, you know, a small portion of what I actually paid for the sunglasses, it just feels better. And that brand is probably going to be where I buy my sunglasses going forward because I know about them. And, and it's more than just the product. It's, you know, if somebody asks me about my new sunglasses, I can say, oh, yeah, I got them from this brand. And they do this really cool thing. They give back to oceanic organizations. Consumers today want some type of connection that goes beyond just the product and the money they're spending to the brands they buy from. Amazing stuff. Thank you so much for that. Let's talk about your one big tip. And what's interesting about this one big tip is that it it breaks down a process for how you can create content once and then repurpose it across a couple of different mediums, right? And we've talked about a number of variations about this, you know, on this podcast. And, you know, I know a lot of other content marketers that, uh, you know, that take bits and pieces of this in order to make it work for them. Let's talk a little bit about what this one big tip is. Can you walk me through the process of how you make content and then you're able to break it up into different parts for different channels. Absolutely. So it all starts with a video. And that's probably the the place that you might lose some people with this because I find that a lot of business owners are afraid to make video. Not sure why, but it starts honestly with a video on my cell phone. That's how I record all of my videos. And I have a lav mic that I plug into my cell phone. And that's it. And so I record a video on various topics. We usually have at least a quarter of content planned out. And so I will often take a week and make a whole bunch of videos. And I I like to batch process too, just so you know. Um, And so I record those videos and then they get edited. Sometimes I edit them. Sometimes my team edits them. And so what we end up with is one kind of longer video. It's usually somewhere between like two and a half to five minutes, just depending But then what we do is we also, so the next step we do is we take certain chunks out of that video and make shorter clips. So we'll have like 30 to 60 second clips and we use that content. From there, we get it transcribed. So there are several services. Um, There's Temi, there's Rev, I think is another one. We actually use the uh, YouTube transcription feature. Mostly it's, it's free. You can upload the video into YouTube and it will transcribe it. And we take that, format it, get it all ready to go. And then that creates a blog post. And so sometimes it's two blog posts, depending on how long the length is. So from me spending, you know, six minutes in front of a camera, we already have several, we already have one long video, several short videos, and at least one blog post. From there, my team takes the video and listens to some of the uh, more important points that I say and will make social media posts out of that. Some of those posts will be just kind of a quote or a, a question on an image. Some of them link back to the blog post. Some of them link over to a video. We have various ways we can use those posts. So from that one video, we're 
usually getting at least seven to 10, sometimes more social media posts out of that. And so just from filming that one video, you have at least 10 different pieces of content, probably more like 20 to 25 for spending six minutes of your time, plus, you know, a little bit of time editing that video, clipping it down to what you want it to be. And that's the process. And we just kind of do that over and over and over again. And those videos can fuel content for quite a while in our business. So it's interesting that you say that. So let's not take the longer video. So the longer video you can, all right, let's just get the longer video out of the way. The longer video you can put up on YouTube, you can put up on Vimeo. And if it's under 10 minutes, you can put it up on uh, on LinkedIn, right? The shorter videos, right? Those are be- probably better for Facebook, probably better for Twitter. And of course, for Instagram, whether you're going to put together an uh, IGTV or just upload the actual content. And even within Instagram, it's like, great, now we have more choices, right? Because you can do it in vertical format, you can do it in square format, you can do it in horizontal format. And there's a, that's, that's a whole other discussion. Yeah. <laughs> What I'm curious about, right, is the net benefit of going through that entire exercise, right? So you make one video about an interesting topic, you chop it up, becomes a blog post, and it becomes these, you know, 10 to 20 shorter videos and quote cards and things like that. What does that do for your business and what does that do for your clients? So before we even put that out publicly, we actually release all of the stuff to our uh, email subscribers first. So I forgot to mention that at the top. The long video basically is a, a private video on YouTube, and we send that out to all of our email subscribers first. And we have various lists, obviously, depending on topic. And so they get to see it first. That's the benefit of being on our email list. And then usually like two weeks after we've sent it out, that's when we'll let it go uh, public. And so for us, I mean, the benefit is it keeps us top of mind for our referral sources, for our clients or soon-to-be clients, um, even former clients that stay on our email list. And it keeps that inflow of um, leads, referrals, just people knowing what we do and what we are about, which is so important as a business. So that's, you know, one of the benefits of it. And then the other benefit of it is obviously it brings traffic to our website. You know, the SEO value of a video, of the blog posts, of all of that. We definitely have seen, once we started using this process, we saw a pretty dramatic increase of traffic over time. And, you know, the better we've gotten at the process, the better the inflow of traffic has been quality-wise. And so, you know, that also generates leads for us. It's not uncommon for me to have a couple of phone calls in a week of people saying, I saw your video on YouTube, somehow I came across it. So, you know, obviously there's the, I just have something to put in my content funnel, which is, I think, a challenge for any business owner, but it's also definitely helping us generate more business and and increase our visibility. How do you measure the benchmarks then of, say, for example, a quote card that goes up on your Instagram? Are you gunning for a certain number of likes, certain number of comments on YouTube, a certain number of thumbs up, certain number of increase in subscribers? Like, how do you per channel, like, how do you measure the success or blandness of the content that you just put together? So I will tell you our number one metric is 
open rate and click-through rate on the emails that we send because we're a little bit different in terms of how we approach marketing. We focus on remarketing to people who already know about us because they send the absolute best referrals to us. So that is our top metric is how engaged are people who already know about us and who are already in our uh, ecosystem, how engaged are they with our content? That's our number one metric across the board. And then in terms of how we measure it on social channels, to be quite honest, I don't get down in the weeds about that. I focus on if people are engaging with it, not necessarily the number of, but the quality of it. So one thing that we often see is, and especially recently as we've niched down into the social mission part of our business, we've seen a lot of people Actually, almost every time we post something, we're picking up followers on Instagram. Uh, We do get a lot of comments and shares on Facebook from people who are both already in our network and people who don't know about us. And and that's kind of how I, I don't really get so focused on measuring quantity. It's more about the quality of, of the conversations that come out of that and the followers that we're kind of picking up. So I will take five new Instagram followers who are all in our target market, over a hundred new Instagram followers who maybe one of them is any day. I'll take the five any day. So that's kind of our approach to it. All right. Amazing stuff. So Julie, can you please let everyone know how they can reach out to your company and how they can reach you directly if they would like to learn more? Yeah. So if you want to learn more about our company, you can go to besmartsocialmedia.com and that's B with two E's. And if you want to connect with me directly, I have a personal website. It's thejulieb.com. So either of those, you can connect with me and or our company. That's where you can find us. Amazing stuff. So Julie, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate you taking the time to break down this process on how to repurpose content to as many different channels and mediums as possible. Thank you for your time. Thanks for having me. I really enjoyed it, Jeff. 